0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 4th and in Inches podcast with your hosts, Stuart Love, Sook Deep Poonie, and Gareth Howell. Mm. How are you all doing, guys? Um, I hope you're all well.
1: Still here. Every <laughs> day above ground to win, mate. Still here. How,
0: Still going. How did you get on at Topman today? Did you get your Steelers jacket? Oh, did I get on a what? Did you get your Pittsburgh Steelers jacket today out at Topman? Dorothy Perkins, mate, I told
1: you. <laughs> um, what a track of that is that's quality. Honest to God. Anyone, go to Clay uh, Poole's video that he put up of him unboxing what the Steelers store sent him, and his old man's got a jacket, and it is swag, big time. I'm having it. You bought one already, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I ordered one earlier today. It was like $117, so it was like 100 quid. Just um, brag.
1: humble brag. brag, yeah, just under $110. Just bought one,
0: like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it came, it came at my kid's savings, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not from me, but... um, so. What's everyone on tonight? Um I'm having a wee cheeky Stella soup deep What are you on? I'm just trying to understand what the hell
2: you both were saying over there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well I, I, I think I,
0: I need a drink after here after that. <laughs> should,
1: we, should we try some Morse code or something?
0: The Celtic <laughs> it's the Kel, it's the Celtic chat, so it's all yeah. good.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you on the groost tonight, my friends?
2: I'm not. It's um school night tomorrow, as in I'm I'm Back to work tomorrow from home, so I sure. decided to just take it easy and just have my focus on the podcast oh.
0: and delivering the best for our listeners. I am so disappointed. What a cop-out. What
1: a cop-out, cop man. there's a miss, miss, a bit miss. There is a
0: miss, You're going to have a wee
1: dram before you go to bed, man. A wee dram. Oh, no, the max was terrible. Moving Tanner, miss...
0: Remember the name? <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely. So yeah, we'll move swiftly on to the, the NFL news. And I think it's actually really cool that um, I just seen earlier that Amazon um, are getting a stream um, a full Thursday night game. Um, I think it's a testament to what the NFL are doing, trying to grow the game, especially in these times um, when you're starting to look at all the leagues um, that are closing. And um, From what I believe, the deal is a three-year... Um, agreement that keeps Amazon an exclusive partner for digital streaming um, for Thursday night football. It's worth about sixty-five million um, dollars. Um, I've seen a lot of negativity lately on Facebook and Twitter and the rest of it. That you know, why did Roger Goodell go ahead with the draft? But for me, it brought it brought fans together again. You know, with all these leagues closing down and the uncertainty, I thought it was a really good a really good thing. And I think Roger Goodell was yeah, really I really cool. So.
1: Still. yeah. Stu, have you heard? You know that um, is basement. Have, have you heard what um, what what they're doing? They oh. um, they auctioning um, an opportunity to watch Monday night football with the commission in his fan cave, um, and the top bidder is Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports, who is a mad gambler. Um, it's up to what is it? Two hundred k something yeah. like that. So his room. Whoa, is is he going to be closed and uh, and all this kind of thing? So I, I I I agree. I think Goodell. I think he had a bit of a dodgy start. First couple of picks. I don't know. it Looked a bit awkward. But after that, it just I don't know. It just went want like Went get like Dreamed, didn't it? Fair play
0: to the guy. Fair play. You still get booed next year though. Oh, absolutely. I didn't know that he was actually doing that. That's actually really impressive. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. If mean... got a spare two hundred
1: k. Okay, uh, pop it up. No props.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So, um, any of you guys got any news you'd like to to contribute before we we start moving on to our our next section? Yeah.
2: So, um, in terms of the current news in the NFL, um, Prashad Belen, cornerback out of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, it looks like he's facing a four game suspension now. Sort of reading into what's happened, it looks like. He was caught in South Carolina um, consuming alcohol whilst driving, um, also having um, some marijuana in his possession as well. So it looks like so. uh, It's kind of um, I'm kind of confused by it um, because obviously with all the new CBA, you know, news that's come out, um, I thought. That was sort of getting accepted, but then I guess drinking while driving
0: is not a. Oh, sorry, I'm just ready. He doesn't even have a driver's license, so that explains it. Oh my god! <laughs> for what for what I heard on NFL Network earlier though, as well as he's claiming that someone threw a blunt into his car, but the cops yeah, actually bitch. got access to his phone and there was multiple messages and texts all related to marijuana. What's the
2: odds, yeah. It's Patrick Mahomes,
0: who threw the blunt? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Accuracy. You, I, I don't get it. It's like, you know, the, the, does oh, he yeah. produce on the, Does he produce on the field? Is it legal? D- did he break a law? You know, yes, it, he Marijuana is becoming legalized across several states. Like they're building hospitals and schools with the revenue, with the tax revenue they're getting. But there's still a stigma attached to it. What I don't get, like, why would you even take the risk? You know, look yeah. at what, like I've, you're going to be earning you know, potentially millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, for God's sake, like, just put a leg in the car, just do it in your garage or something.
0: I think with the NFL as well, with, you know, the CBA and everything being relaxed now, it's going to be minimal punishments for for marijuana use. I mean, one one of the best things that sticks out to me was Jeff Reinbold on the Inside Huddle podcast was like, okay, the average player lasts, what, three, four years in the NFL if they're lucky. Some guys get to go 10 years, 20 years. Just do everything you can to make top dollar. Be committed professional. Then afterwards, go as wild as you want. Go absolutely off the rails. But, you know, to get into the NFL is a lottery itself. You To be selected, the talent is just insane. So when these guys make it, then they just go off on one. I, I'll never get my head around it at all. Um, but finishing up on that, Gareth, you got anything you'd like to add? Um, I got a bit of news,
1: but... It- plays into um my my favourite bit of news it plays into um what I'm gonna talk about uh, at Green Bay later on. Um Brett Favre's come out and he's predicted so you know Mr. Green Bay himself and he's predicted that Rogers will leave the Packers and finish his career uh, somewhere else after they pick love.
0: Has so he said that?
1: He said it big time. Wow. He's come out um he's he said Roger's got every right to be disappointed. He's criticised Lafleur for trading up and then picking love. You know, Rogers came in, learned behind Favre. They're quite close. Um, he was on the Rich Eisen show, and he didn't he didn't hold back. You know, and he said he he said Roger got every right to be disappointed. And he said, yeah, he thinks he's going to go elsewhere. You know, just I, like Favre was disappointed it, it, it at the time times changing at Green Bay and if for Brett Favre to come out and say something like that is, um, you, you've got to put credence in it
0: but I've watched yeah. multiple interviews of Aaron Rodgers saying that if he was ever in that situation again he would actually take another quarterback under his wing um, and, yeah. and, and mentor him so this is going to be interesting to see how this pans yeah. out I mean obviously the Packers know what they're doing um, Rodgers on a massive contract so something's going down absolutely let's be honest though guys have we heard from Aaron Rodgers? No, no. There's
2: absolutely nothing that's come from his camp to suggest that he's unhappy. So take this information with a pinch of salt. There's yeah. a lot of beat writers out there wanting to stir up controversy. At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers should understand. He's been through it himself when he got drafted, um, and, you know, and, all and that me- years ago. He 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 was a first round pick and he was the pre you know going to take over from Brett Favre. So. If anything, he should really understand this. Um, I understand what they're saying about the timing and the fact that he's still in his prime, but so was Brett Favre at the time, isn't it? I think we, we'll, people we'll, just we'll, lose we'll, sight of that. Well,
0: Brett Favre was we'll 35. If, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, if I remember right, Brett Favre was 35 and Aaron Rodgers is actually 36. So they're exactly in the same time frame yeah. um, of, of when that happened before.
2: And Fav ended up having a, a decent career, you know, at the Vikings as well, uh, getting them to the NFC Championship. Um, he was at the Jets as well, you know, for a year. So uh, at the end of the day, the, he nothing surprises me in football. I mean, if you told me Tom Brady would become a Tampa Bay Buccaneer or, or play for any other team other than the Patriots a year ago, I would have said, you're crazy. So, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's just just one of those things now. Nothing surprises me in football.
0: No, absolutely. Well, thanks for that, guys. Um, We'll now move on. Um, So basically, we are going on to our second part of our NFL 2020 uh, draft recap. Um, The show will concentrate on the the NFC, the National Football Conference. Um, I've got um, the Panthers, the Seahawks, the Bears, the Rams and the 49ers. Um, Soup Deep's got the Saints, the Eagles, the Redskins, the Cardinals, the Giants. And Gareth's got the Packers. Fantastic, can't wait for this. Uh, Vikings, Falcons, Cowboys with your leg of lamb, C D Lamb, and, yes. and the Lions. So um Well we'll go and get started. So I've got the Carolina Panthers um to start. Um and you know, before the draft, um they needed, in my opinion, to fill the position of defensive tackle, cornerback, linebacker, and inside offensive linebacker. Um I originally thought that it would go heavy on the offensive side um, due to the departures uh, we'll talk about in a a few minutes, Um, but it actually went heavy on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Round one, they went for defensive tackle Derek Brown. Uh, Round two, they went for my man, which is, it was fate, Uh, Jutras Gros Matos. Um, They went for safety. Yeah, (laughs) they went for Jeremy. Yes, yes, Yeah, they went for cornerback um, Troy Pride. Uh, Round five, they went for Kenny Robinson. Um, they went for a defensive tackle. Um, as we know, the the, the Panthers are in rebuild mode now. Ron Rivera leaving. Cam Newton's now away. Greg Olson's now away. The Seahawks um, look Keekley uh, retiring. So I expected the Panthers, as I said just earlier, to go on the offensive side of things. But we'll, we'll look at facts. Um, the two, 2019 sorry defence was horrendous at times. I mean, it was really painful to watch. Um, and going forward, the Panthers needed to heavily invest draft picks defensively They absolutely nailed that. Um, They needed to get younger, faster on the defensive side of things, and that's exactly what they did um, just last weekend. I mean, I won't argue that they should have also focused some of their picks um, on adding to their offensive line, but I can't knock them too much for focusing on repairing a very broken defence as efficiently as they did. Um, For me personally, I fell in love with the Derek Brown pick um, I think a monster defensive tackle to pair with uh, K1 Shorts was a smart move and I think he'll be well worth uh, the first round selection for years to come. I'm also a big fan of the selection of Jutras Gross Matos. I'm never going to let this down um, because the Panthers needed to be able to replace um, Mario Addison and Wes Horton at a defensive end and I believe Gross Matos will be able to do that. Um, another guy that I loved was jeremy chin he 's a ball player um, I watched a bit of tape on him today. Um, he is a monster of a specimen he 's an athlete he 's extremely fast and agile um, and it 's about time the Panthers had an athletic fast safety on the roster. Uh, Troy Pride jr is also a super fast player. Um, I like the decision to take him in the fourth round. Uh, Con- um, Kenny, sorry, Kenny Robinson Jr. has a chance to be a steal of the draft um, if the coaching staff can harness his ball hawking abilities um, especially you know, coming from the XFL into the NFL um, as we were talking about earlier the Panthers were really smart in um, taking rotational nose tackle in the 6th round I think Matt Rule and Phil Snow are well acquainted with Brave John Roy. Um and I feel it He's a value uh, pick in the sixth round, and I'll trust exactly what they say. The Panthers went from having no depth on the defensive interior to having a solid rotation of players in just one weekend. It's crazy, um, and I'm sure the Panther fans are really excited about this going forward. Um, overall, I like what the Panthers did. Um, the seventh round, it was a bit shady. Um, they took uh, Stanley Thomas, Oliver. Um, he might not even make the team. But overall, it was a solid draft for the Panthers. And Matt Rule and David Tepper um, will be excited um, with how the draft holds out going forward. They've invested defensively really heavily. And as they say, defence wins you championships. So over to you, my friend, Suk. Thank you. So
2: I'm going to be talking about the New Orleans Saints. In you know, all honesty, this is not going to take me long at all because the Saints <laughs> only had four picks in this draft. Um, but that's one of the things, though, in, in this draft. If you've got a roster which doesn't have too many needs, you're in a position to try and move up in the draft and get the best players available. Agreed. Whether, whether that means you get three or four picks or seven picks, you know, that, that's another matter. But in this situation, I like what the Saints did with their picks. Um, so they first started off and, and got center Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. Um OK, it did kind of catch me a bit off guard, um, if I'm being honest, because they only drafted Eric McCoy last year. But, you know, they could potentially use him as a Um, So he, he could end up being, you know, a very good option for them. Uh, personally speaking, I would have gone linebacker whilst Patrick Queen was still available. And I know I've mentioned it in the previous podcast. You know, I, I felt that linebacker could have been an option for them. But that brings me on to... The next pick they sort of made, which was to get Zach Bond. Now, they moved up to get Zach Bourne in the third round. Um, considering I had him mocked in the first round, I'm pretty sure Gareth You did as well. Um, at yeah. least late for yeah. uh, sorry late first, early second round. So to get a player, an outside linebacker in the third round of Zach calibre is absolutely fantastic. So no complaints for me from what the Saints did. And at the end, they also got another tight end in Adam Troutman. He was ranked in many uh, draft boards as the number one tight end in the draft. Now, uh, you could argue, really, did they need tight end? But then you look at the way these NFL systems are now. They sort of play two tight ends now. It is becoming very common, you know. So to have him sort of team with Jared Cook, um, you've also got Josh Hill there. They've got a pretty solid roster to be honest. Look at defensive end um, corner. I, I think these are one of the complete rosters in the NFL. And obviously, with getting my boy Jameis Winston now, um, hopefully, when Drew Brees uh, messes up in the playoffs, Jameis can pick up the pieces.
0: Not very well put. I was actually um, watching NFL Network earlier, um, and I was actually completely surprised to see that how little money. Jameis Winston's going to earn. I mean, yeah, he's, he's it's only he, he's only going yeah. to yeah. earn. Do you, do you know why? Do you know why? Because he throws picks. Yeah, no. But <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, including all bonuses and incentives, he'll make around maybe four million. That's if, but um, he's got a signing on bonus for literally it was just over a hundred grand, um, and and a few other hundred thousand pounds um, added on. It's just, I think, going in there we're looking at Breeze possibly retiring at the end of next year. That's the big word on the street. And maybe Jameis Winston's going to use that opportunity to say, you know what? I could be your franchise quarterback. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, who knows? It's,
2: it's an education for him at the end of the day. I think, um, he had offers Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, to get more money, but he's gone for the right option, the safe option in sort of being there, get educated from Sean Payton and draw Drew, Drew Breeze. Um, just going back to, sorry, um, the Saints as well, in terms of the draft. Now, they did pick up Calvin Frontmorton as well, a tackle. Yeah. Who I had ranked sort of in the fifth round. They got him as an undrafted free agent. So, once again, the Saints are showing they mean business. And they're, they're looking at you know all options, um, even when it comes to you know undrafted free agents. So, you could say, <clears> in that sense, although they had four picks in the draft, they've ended up, in hindsight, sort of getting five or six. By utilising some really good, you know, free agents. Superb.
1: Thanks so much for that, Suk. On to you, Gareth. So my first team is the Green Bay Packers. Right. <laughs> um, we, we've on some. Um, yeah. You know, I I know that the um, you know, the, the the cast you did when you were picking teams that that wasn't a fix because everyone's all about the Packers. So coming into the draft, the questions were: Do they want to protect Rodgers? after Bakhtiari might be going off as a free agent and and, and Bulaga's gone? Or do they pick a number two wide receiver to run with Devante Adams? Um, You know, they were 17th last year in passing, even with Rodgers slinging it. And this was a draft about mitigating risk for me at the top of the roster. They spent six of their first seven picks on offensive players. You know, they filled positions that the Fleurs relied on in the past Okay, Jordan Love, number one. They traded up. This was the story of the draft for me. Um, what are they doing? You know, we, we've spoken about this being the deepest draft for wideouts in years. You know, um, Wilson was still there at twenty-nine. He went to the Titans, and they draft a quarterback. Now, right? Rogers is there for another two years, and he could could even turn into another five and play until he's you know in a in a bloody Zimmer frame. It makes no sense to me. I I think this is the worst pick of the draft. You know, he'd be feeling this because he was the first rounder, was drafted behind five in 2005. Does he really need to be showing Jordan love the ropes when he wants to win Super Bowls and and leave leave a legacy? You know, he he might not be the playmaker that that he always was, you know, um, particularly outside the pocket. But he is still, you know, one, he's top three chuckers in the league. So... He's always played best when he's pissed off. So maybe that's what they were trying to do to him. I, I don't know. You know, giving him some kind of boost. But it, it's difficult to understand um, what, why they've, they've they traded up for Jordan Love and, and picked a quarterback behind Rodgers when there's so many other things they could have done to, to win the Super Bowl within the next couple of years while he's still there, you know. And he's not even a steal of 26, you know. He, he's got first-round potential, but if you look at the, the, the CFL uh, analysts, he, he was inconsistent at Utah. You know, he he made some strange throws. He needs a lot of work. You know, but Lafleur's the man to bring him on. He, he did work wonders under uh, Shanahan and Ryan. Um, so yeah, it, it's a it's a real head scratcher for me. Um, it, it's obviously yeah. one for the future. But what they pretty much are saying is they they had, they had obvious needs a wide receiver yeah or even at OT but what they're saying is is that they don't think I, I don't know are they saying they not think they're going to say them in the next two years like, I got no idea I, I don't know why they picked him I, I really don't um He'd...
2: sorry go on, yeah I was gonna say he did digress a lot last year I mean I followed Jordan Love quite a bit in college um the season before last he was absolutely fantastic and i i think he would have warranted most definitely a first round pick
1: yeah
2: this year he just went on some other level in a negative way and i just can't for the life of me understand what happened to him but he's yeah. i think yeah. he's got the potential there i think they they're sort of blaming it more on the the system he had you know um so hopefully he yeah. can pick up. I mean, they said they were saying the same about Patrick Mahomes a few years back. You know, uh, yeah, throws yeah. too many interceptions. It's just a gunslinger has got nothing else in his repertoire. So you just don't know.
1: Yeah, um, I, I I looked at his. I, I'm not sure what I, I looked at his footage, and you know, you can't really rely on highlight reels, can you? But the, the overwhelming noise coming off the the CFL analysts is that he's a bit sketchy. You know, Lefleur's Lef, Le, Le obviously seen something in it. You Know you, you can't really argue with a guy, he's got a really good record of bringing quarterbacks on, or maybe not quarterbacks, but certainly he's an offensive coordinator, so he must have seen something. You know, and I know we say that, uh, that, that he isn't right, you know, but it's I just really honestly do not understand why they didn't give Rogers more tools to go deeper, yeah. But there we are. Yeah. Um, they did actually pick other people as well, <laughs> they, the <same laughs> effect, they, yeah. The the set, the second pick was a bit of a head scratcher as well. It was, so AJ Dylan, um, running back at a Boston College. Oh god. they basically saying to Aaron Jones <laughs> that you know we we think you're really gonna, you, you're going to be really good next year, but we can't really afford you after that. And, you know, I might be looking into it too much because you know uh, Dylan's he's, he's um, uh, sorry uh, Dylan's a beast on the inside. If if you look at his footage, so it's a really like it's, it's a one two hit. With, um, with what they've already got with 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 Jones, so yeah, but uh, that's a bit of a weird one as well. But the pick I did like was Husaya de Guara. I think I pronounced that right. The Fleur's always loved his tight ends like Stefanski, <laughs> but um, I think it says a lot about this this year's draft that like you know, a third or fourth rated tight end went, you know, ninety fourth pick. Um, so, thinking back, I remember you and they wanted. Austin Hooper from the Browns. I, I don't know um, what come of that if they if they signed him, but it makes sense that they drafted fairly high to compensate. Um, and they've re-signed Mercedes Lewis as well, but he's uh, near his end. So yeah, I, I like that pick. But the, the Green Bay's whole draft was about uh, Jordan Love, and I I don't understand it.
0: Thanks for that, buddy. That was really good insight. Um, I've on my next selection. I've got the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so, the Seattle Seahawks started the 2020 draft and um, needing, for me, um, an edge, an inside offensive linebacker, offensive tackle, and wide receiver. Um, number one going, they took uh, Jordan Brooks, um, offensive inside linebacker, sorry. Daryl Taylor, offensive linebacker. Um, number three, Damian Lewis, offensive guard. Um, they took Colby Parkinson, tight end. Uh, D.J. Dallas, running back. Um, at five, they took Alton Robinson. Um, at 6 they took Freddie Swain and at 7 they took Stephen Sullivan Um, so that was 8 picks in total Um, just for anyone listening in here the Seattle Seahawks received 3 compensatory selections after losing Errol Thomas um, Shamar Stevens and Justin Coleman in free agency Seattle also received 2 picks as a result of Frank Clark and Nick Vannett's departures. Um, The Seahawks needed that compensation um, to address needs um, on the offensive and defensive line, as well as edge, safety and running back. Um, But for me, I've been watching a bit of tape the last two days preparing for um, this podcast, and I really like the fact that Damian Lewis Um, wasn't familiar with the guy that much. Um, I mean, it was a tough call, however. Um, I gave the edge to Lewis due to the immediate impact he should have in Seattle's front. Quarterback Russell Wilson um, was under pressure a hell of a lot last year. Um, And and Lewis can help fill the Seahawks' need to give um, their franchise passer more protection. Lewis could become a starter by year two, but Pete Carroll hasn't ruled out the rookie starting in year one. Um, That was watching on NFL Network earlier. Um, Lewis' primary um, competition is Haynes. Um, That was last year's fourth round pick who started the final game of the season after missing uh, the first half of the year while on the PUP or the PUP list. Um, Seattle's secondary is also really, really thin, and I think general manager uh, John Schneider chose not to add help from this year's draft. And the Seahawks did address the pass rush which was last in the NFL in sacks, um, 28, and um, best in only the Dolphins, um, to 23. only just found that out earlier after doing a bit of research on PFF, where I get a lot of my information. Um, Taylor can rush the passer sufficiently, but he needs to figure out how to maximise his natural gifts. Brooks is an explosive linebacker who does an excellent job of rushing on the inside. Um, also, um, it's been... It's been some time uh, since the Seattle Seahawks spent a premium pick on a cornerback. Um, Stephen Sullivan and um, collegiate reps and production were limited. However, by the seventh round, teams are looking for measurables. Players who fit um, their height, weight, speed, perimeters um, that had other issues causing them to fall down the board. Sullivan fits that description 100%. Um, he's a former wide receiver who has good size. I mean, he's an absolute monster. He's actually taller than me. He's 6'5", 260 pounds, he ran a four point six second forty yard dash at the, the the NFL scouting combine. And the Seahawks did draft Parkinson earlier, but Wilson needs as many weapons as he can get, um, particularly at the tight end. So overall, for me, but the Seahawks, um, I mean, they, they were nearly last in the league at getting pressure and still won nine games. Um, Schneider and Coach Pete Carroll should feel pretty good about the pass rush. Uh, pass rush, sorry. Um, Adam Taylor in the second round and Robinson in the fifth Robinson has juice off the edge and Taylor will need to take a step and maximise his potential if Seattle can get him there and the secondary will all absolutely 100% uh, reap the benefits if the Seahawks can also show up in the interior line uh, with Wilson at the trigger the sky is the limit man, it's, it's, it's looking so good, so um, I will just finish up there, um, over to my good boy Suk. who have you got buddy?
2: I got the Eagles.
0: Why? Yeah, mm-hmm. this
2: will be an interesting one. So hey. <laughs> I... Anyway, the Eagles, they had an interesting draft. Um, they needed a wide receiver in the first round or a linebacker. They went with Jalen Riga, who to me was a bit of a surprise. I had him down as a second round pick. He's one of those receivers where he's sort of a big play specialist, you know. And that sounds familiar because that's pretty much what I believe the Eagles have already got. Yeah. So this is what sort of caught me off guard a bit. Yes, he's speedy. But he sort of regressed again in college last year. I think he only sort of got 611 um, yards, about five or six touchdowns. Uh, The season before, he had eight or nine touchdowns. So for me, it was a bit of a surprise when you looked at who was on the board. The fact you had Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk. T Higgins, Michael Pittman, they were still all available. For me, I think you needed that sort of X-factor wide receiver, I don't think Jalen Riga sort of fits that bill for me. But I think at the same time you could argue they're looking for something that's a bit more how they want to play, yeah. which is fair enough. I've got to respect them for that. The only problem I have with that is I honestly think they could have got him in the second round. And if that's the case... Then why not just simply get your linebacker in the first round, either move up and then get Rieger in the second round, and then you're all set. You know, it could have been flipped up the other side. But they chose not to do that. Um and for me he's not a number one wide receiver. Um, so that that was a bit of a surprise. Now, the main talking point, I'm sure, for a lot of people is the um pick of Jalen Hurts. Now, I know I've... So, such an ironic name, who should should have... given who he's behind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Yeah, Wentz Hurts. Yeah. It... <laughs>
2: exactly. So, with with this, um, I know I've said they could have potentially looked at linebacker and then wide receiver, or, or, you know... But I don't think this is a bad pick from a, an Eagles standpoint. Um, I think a, this pick has come under sort of a lot of Chris, criticism. Um from a lot of factors now, I'm just trying to sort of go into why I think this is. So, for me, I think it's a good move because if you look at last season when the Eagles got to the playoffs, how did the Eagles end up losing to the Seahawks? What was the sole reason for that? It was Chris, um, Carson Wentz, can't even get my words out today. Carson Wentz yes. got injured, you know, and with that being the case. You could argue if they had um, a quarterback like Jalen Hurts in there, could he have made the difference? And my opinion, I think he could have. I think in that situation, if Jalen Hurts is under centre, when Carson Wentz goes down, I would have trusted him to go ahead and win the game for them. You know, I don't think I can say that about any of the sort of other quarterbacks um, that are on their roster at the time. Um And I think the way the Eagles are sort of looking at it is, if Wentz does go down, you know, even if it's for a short period, if they can get Jalen Hurts playing a few games and he's a success, they build, you know, trade value for him at the end of the day. Because let's face it, Wentz isn't going anywhere. He's just signed a a massive contract. This is primarily used for Jalen Hurts to either get traded and they get more picks or just be there as a stopgap while Wentz is recovering from whatever injury he's going to get next. Um, In terms of my favourite pick, um, Davion Taylor, linebacker out of Colorado. They certainly needed linebacker. Um, Although, like I said, I think they should have gone ahead and got Patrick Queen sooner rather than going for him. But for me, they killed the third day of the draft. I thought it was such a good draft in the third day. There's so much upside in these picks. They've gone for speedy players um, and Dave, Davion Taylor is a very tough tackling linebacker. They've also drafted Kevon Wallace, a safety coming out of Clemson. He had a great senior year taking Clemson to the national championship. He really came on leaps and bounds in his last year in college. Jack Driscoll out of Auburn, a good tackle prospect. That was needed because they got Andre Dillard in the draft last year as a first pit, uh, in the first round. He only started four games in his rookie year and there was already rumours towards the end of last season that they were looking at trading Dillard. So if that's the case, then you got Jack Driscoll and then what else do you do? You get Prince Tega Wanogo to double up on that position. So from the Eagles perspective, if you get it wrong with Dillard, you've got two more chances at trying to get someone to sort of compete and play alongside Lane Johnson. Um, And that would be an absolute mammoth task for anyone to deal with those tackles. Um, once again, they sort of went more speed on offence, getting John Hightower at Boise State. This boy can accelerate. He had a 4.42 at the combine. Um, so for me, I think the Eagles, questionable in the first round. Second round, I don't have any problems with Jalen Hurts, but I thought they did really well in the third day.
0: Now, thanks for that, Sook. Um What's also interesting to look at is, if you look at the Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love situation, and then you look at the Carson Wentz, and you look at that situation, both teams have absolutely, you know, looked at getting a replacement quarterback because you know if Carson Wentz gets injured, it's first man in. You know if Aaron Rodgers gets injured, it's first man in. So it's just going to be interesting to see just how that quarterback situation pans out over the next year. No, I completely agree, Stuart. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your insight, there, buddy. Over to you, Big G.
1: So I've got the Vikings next. Uh, Pick City. It was fairly straightforward from a perspective at the top of the roster. Diggs has gone and Xavier Rhodes, two huge players for them. 15 picks. 15 picks. Yeah, Mike Zimmer's phone was like the bloody bat phone. Um, so they took <laughs> 15, 15 picks. That's unbelievable. So they traded 22... and Sorry, so they had 22 and 156 from the Bills as part of the Diggs trade. They took 3,115 176 from the 49ers on the day, 130, 169, 203 and 244 from the Saints, and 225 from the Ravens. Right. So if I start talking about... Well, it's impossible to talk about how each pick fits into the roster and because there's just so many players. right. So I'll just, I'll just keep it short and snappy. Um, they, they picked well at one, two and three. Um, so Justin Jefferson wide receiver, LSU um, you know he, he was, I, I'm, I'm really surprised that um, he, he didn't go until 22, I've, I've got to be honest, I'd still be annoyed as a Vikings fan, you know when I said this about the Jags as well about all, all the players, they, they let go and then I, I just bring it in to replace them you, know, you, you trade drinks, uh, sorry you, you trade digs and he drafted... Uh, Jefferson's a slot receiver. He, he was the quintessential slot receiver at, at LSU. Barrow was throwing him things, uh, chucking in boards in the slot all day long. I think he only, he, didn't, he only took, like, five or six passes outside the slot. You know, he's not used to running wide routes. So I think janorko has got his work cut out. Um, you know, and, and also, I looked into how Minnesota usually uh, deploy wide receivers, and... It's it's normally a two wide outset, so there will be no room for him on the inside. You know, maybe we're about to see a different kind of offense. You know, I don't know. I mean, he'll do well next to Adam Thielen, who I, who I massively rate. Um, but he's, he's, this is one of those picks that that he's he's going to have to alter the way that he plays his position when he, when he comes at the NFL. You know, he, he really is same as Andrew Thomas the Browns. Um, so yeah, Gladney. Coming in at cornerback, uh, first round thirty first pick, at Texas Christian. Huge needs a cornerback. This was a bit of a no-brainer. I think they just looked at the the best cornerback that was left and, and made a decision based on the scheme fit. So Rhodes has gone, Trey Waynes, uh, Mackenzie Alexander. But you know, I I, I got to be honest, I don't think going wide receiver with pick one w- was the best option. Um, I don't think there was. I don't think the cornerback draft was massively deep. I don't think it was a load of quality corners in the roster. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Gladney starts in 2020. Um, they've got Houghton Hill. Um, you know, they, they, they're not very good in, in the secondary. So, yeah, I probably would have gone Gladney first pick and Jefferson, I'm sorry, and, you know, uh, wide receiver too. So, Ezra Cleveland uh, came in. In round two, pick fifty-eight, offensive tackle at Boise State. Could it mean bye-bye for Riley Reed, or is it Reef? What's his name? What's the, what's the tackle? Is it Riley Reed or, or Riley Reed? Riley? Yeah, yeah, is it Riley, Riley Reed. Reed? Yeah. This was a nailed-on scheme fit. If, if you look at how he played in college, he's a perfect fit for the way that the Vikings block. They got a zone blocking scheme. He's really athletic. He's a he's a really, really good pass blocker as well. But he, he he does need to get stronger by all accounts. So he's going to have some difficulties with, with, with some of those bigger um, ends and, and and edges. James Lynch was um, my pick of the Vikings draft. So fourth round, 130th pick, defensive tackle at the Baylor. Um He was there all, he was Baylor's all time career leader in sacks 22. Yeah, he's versatile, really powerful guy. They need a better interior pass rush. Um, he had 13 and a half sacks, 20 tackles for a loss in his last season. I I, I looked into why he went so late and I couldn't really figure it out. So, I I think one, two, three, four, they've drafted uh, really well. Um, yeah, but again, I would have gone corner one. And uh, wide well, receiver too but I think James Lynch, James Lynch can going be a really
0: good player if, if they bring him on correctly That's it That's awesome, thank you so much for that Gareth so um, I will move on to now, I have the Chicago Bears so I know that uh, my good friend awesome girl uh, Kimmy Walker will be dialing in and listening to this as soon as this is released um, so I hope you enjoy this Um, so I've got the Chicago Bears and before the the draft started, I had them needing to draft an inside offensive linebacker a cornerback, a safety an offensive tackle, and of course they needed a tight end to now get 10 tight ends or is it 9 now? I'm just trying to think but they've got about 10 or 9 tight ends so that's going to be interesting to see how that uh, pans out Um, so the way they drafted was um, pick 2, they took a guy that I absolutely love, uh, Cole Comet Um, tight ends, um, watched a bit of tape on him today, Um, round two again Jalen Johnson, round five they took Travis Gibson, round five they took Kendall Vildor, Uh, round five they took Darrell Mooney Um, round seven they took Arlington Hambright and in round seven they took Lachavis Simpson so, as you guys will agree, um, after a heartbreaking loss to the Eagles in the playoffs two years ago, um, the Bears were on a path to eventually become one of the better teams in the AFC, especially with that absolutely unbelievable defence. Um, it proved not to be the case as Chicago took a massive step back um, in 2019. And for me, um, I think you guys and even the listeners listening, um, Matt Nagy's play calling last year was some of the worst play calling I've, I've seen in... A long, long time, maybe ever. Um, I don't know what was going on there. The Bears actually finished, shockingly, with an 8-8 and record and ended up third in the NFC North. Um, the Bears had a strong defence. It was the Bears' terrible offence um, that would lead the team um, to their fall from grace. Without a twenty twenty first first-round pick as a result of the Cali um, Mack trade um, with the uh, Las Vegas Rangers, Uh, General manager Ryan Pace and coach Matt Nagy still had enough draft capital to improve the team via the draft. So, despite raising some eyebrows with their first selection um, of Notre Dame tight end Cole Komet, Chicago proceeded to put together a very impressive draft. um, And I must say that um, from adding immediate impact players um, in the secondary in Utah or Utah uh, cornerback Jalen Johnson. And to select some potential gems on there, Uta or Uta, 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 Uta. Uta
1: So like a Jawa, Uta. Uta. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. So um, on day three, they did actually a good job. (laughs) It's F off use. So anyway, on day three, it Oot. Um, on day three, the guys did a, a, the Bears did a, a good job of um, finding talented young players with a fairly limited draft capital that they had. Um, while the Bears brought in some young talent, um, I mean their rookies can contribute enough for the team um, to keep up with them. Well, with the rest of the NFC North, where Chicago's divisional rivals are also stocked up um, with some amazing prospects for me though the standout player in the Bears draft selection was Jalen Johnson um, Johnson was I mean I just watched some tape on him earlier as well I just my boy oh man I mean he was widely seen as a potential day one selection as you'll know Sook, and he slipped in the middle of the second round um, he fell right in the laps of the Bears Um, and and can make an instant impact in coordinator Chuck Pagano's defence, which I think Chuck will get the best out of him. Johnson has the patience, he's got ball skills, um, the length to quickly turn into a starter for one of the league's best defences. After the Bears parted ways with veteran cornerback um, Patrice Amukumara um, in an effort to free up cap space, it opened up a pathway for M. Johnson to be its number two outside corner. Um, But I absolutely love Cole Kemet, um, you can obviously see the Bears desperately want the next Rob Gronkowski. Um, the Bears are always looking for that next big tight end, um, well, but spending a second job. round pick on Adam Sheen um, signing Trey Burton to look at a free agent deal, where massive there were massive failures. Um, they are hoping for a better outcome uh, with commit, and I think they will absolutely get that. Um, Komet's release um, off the line of scrimmage is really smooth and silky. He's very comfortable getting out of the three-point stance in line and line in a route. I mean, I was watching some tape and this makes him a threat as an inline player who can both block and get out the passes. Um, he has decent hands. Um, he does let passes come into his chest quite a bit, but sometimes you know his ball security is an issue. Um, but at the end of the day, I think... Overall, the Bears done absolutely fantastic. So that will be a wrap-up there. Over to you, my boy, Suk.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to be talking about the Washington Redskins. Um, I really like this draft, to be honest. So they added the best player, arguably, in the draft in Chase Young. He's an absolute culture-changer on defence. Not only on defence, probably the organisation as a whole. You know, when you just get that one player, yeah. you know, that true leader, you know, every team who's been successful you know Baltimore Ravens had you know Ray Lewis as an example on defense the Bucks had Brooks and Sapp Chase Young it could be that absolute game changer just look what happened to the 49ers last year just getting Nick Bosa in there now we know that's not just simply down to Nick Bosa um, but at the same time when you get that sort of game changer winning mentality you, you know hunger from such a player who's so dominant you know, I think um, this guy is going to surpass Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa, to be honest. Um, out of me, my personal opinion, I think he's uh, the best of the three. Um, and then in the second round, they go ahead and draft Antonio Gibson, a dual threat receiver, but he's also sort of a running back, so he can play slot in the backfield. He ran 4.39 in the combine, so you're going to get a very, you know, speedy receiver slash running back. Now, I know the Redskins have probably got enough running backs, but have they got anyone who's got that breakaway speed? I don't think so. I mean, they've got Peyton Barber, obviously, in free agency. AP still knocking about, but, you know, how much more does he really have in the tank? Darius Geis has had his injury problems. Bryce Love as well. He's not really done, um, didn't really do much in his sort of rookie year. So he's going to be an interesting prospect. who's definitely going to sort of be competing for Um, you know, some snaps there, most definitely. Um, a pick that I really liked was Antonio Gandhi Golden. Um, for those of uh, you who are friends of mine in the um books WhatsApp group that we're in, uh, we we were watching the draft together, um, sort of messaging each other on WhatsApp, and we were hoping that a Gandhi Golden would sort of fall to the books, um, you know. In the draft, Um, as time went on, we really thought that was going to be possible. And then the Redskins sort of crushed that. Um, He comes from Liberty. So he's a a wide receiver that comes from a very small school. So it's one of those situations where I think, to be honest, if he played for a bigger school, he probably would have got um, drafted a lot higher. But at the end of the day, this kid's had three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. um, And if you sort of replicate that in the NFL with a a more tidier offence... He's going to be definitely a success. Um, the obviously lot, the main issue as well with the Redskins is the long standing saga of Trent Williams finally came to an end uh during the draft. He was traded to the 49ers. Um, so what do they do? They go ahead and get Sadiq Charles. Um, for me, he's definitely sort of a fantastic prospect for me. Um, he's had off the field issues there at LSU. Um, which kind of put his draft stock down. But for me, he was definitely sort of one of the, I would say sort of top eight tackles in the draft for me. Um, I think he fell way below than I I would have put him. But obviously if you've got off the field issues, then that is going to also obviously be a problem. But for me, I think he's a player who's going to sort of start straight away. He's a top, top blocker uh, for the Redskins. Uh, They also got a center in Keyfish mail from San Diego state. Um, Another player that they got was Kaliki Hudson, a linebacker out of Michigan. So last season he had sort of one of his most productive seasons um as a um you know out of Michigan. So for me he's also gonna be someone who's gonna potentially be in there for a starting position straight away. So you know, overall for me, um, you know, it was a very good draft. Um
0: I enjoyed everything from it to be honest, from top to bottom. That's superb. Thank you so much. Who's typing away in the background? Not <laughs> me. All I can hear. Oh, hear. Is... <laughs> <stutters>
1: well, my, my, my mic was I'll, on I'll... mute. My mic was on mute. I'll try it again. My mic was on mute. You,
0: you know, your mic, Mioc, was on mute, or yeah. was it your? My mic was on mute. <laughs> right. Oh, over to you, Big G. So I got the Falcons,
1: um, the Atlanta Falcons. So true, fan. <laughs> Gone, Beasley, linebacker gone, um, but massive acquisition in Todd Gurley, who completes the offence, really. He is going to be huge next year for Atlanta. How do they let him go? Matt Ryan's loving it. He's got to play action again. So I think they did really well to focus on defence in the draft, apart from a need of centre. I add them in cornerback, uh, linebacker, um, after Beasley went to the Titans. Yeah, Titans. And um, defensive line. Yeah. they kind of met those needs in the first uh in the, in the first four rounds. Um so pick one pick 16 AJ Terrell. Um right so I watched the championship game okay against LSU so that's Terrell, uh, right Terrell's cornerback out of Clemson 6 Um, I I watched the championship game against LSU, where Jamar Chase, the wide receiver, he's going to be a massive prospect. He run absolute rings around him. He, 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 you know, pushed him around. He couldn't block him. He he was dropping his shoulder and getting open all the time. This was last year now. He he ruined him. But, and and that was a big knock for him, I I think, presumably. But if you take that game away, he, he was a real quality corner. Probably he was up there, one of the best corners in college football last year, and the Falcon secondary really struggled last season. They couldn't stop uh, people catching the ball. You know, he's a good scheme fit as well. He's really athletic, and Seahawks play. Everyone knows they play cover three. You know what you get with Dan Quinn. He'll slot right in there. Um, I think he's made a good player for them. I really do. Pick forty-seven, round two, Marlon Davidson. Love this pick, really versatile, um, and I th- I don't I don't know where they're going to play him, and I think he's one of those ones like Simmons who's just probably going to go right. Okay, you know wh- where can we kind of slot him in? So Dan Quinn will probably have a look at him and figure out where they're going to put him across the defensive line. So Davidson was the number two to Derrick Henry at Auburn, and the Panthers drafted him. At, oh, what do they have, set, uh, six or seven seven it and he was the top tackle in the draft. So I think Davidson has got, and he was more or less playing the Derrick Henry shadow at Auburn. So if you talk about intangibles, um, I think he's got something to prove. I really do. They don't really have a good record at drafting d lineman. (laughs) And McKinley, he hasn't really turned out to be the, you know, the first rounder they they expected him to be. They haven't re-signed him on his fifth-year option yet as well, although that might have changed. Do you remember his draft? Say it again, sorry. Do you remember when he got drafted? Uh, to no, m- go
2: on. Like, m- McKinney. Do you remember his draft? Just YouTube. It. For those of you Falcons fans will remember, he just kind of got off on one in the draft. So um <laughs> what, just he like had it had out, a picture m- of his m- gram. <laughs> he had his <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> no. So basically what happened was like now God bless him. God bless him. So it was meant to be in in a good way. He had he, he had a picture of his um, sort of shouldn't be laughing now. He had a picture of his dead grandma, right. bless her. Um, and he got a bit too emotional. Right. So he was, um, he got up on stage, gave Roger Goodell a massive hug. And then he just started screaming, we're going to get to the quarterback. Oh my God. We're going to get to the quarterback. And he just started uh, started swearing. Yeah. He's like, fuck yeah, we're going to get to the quarterback. Yeah. And all this, you know, like really fuggish. And then Deion Sanders, um, you know, when he comes up for those interviews yeah. with uh, with the players, he's like, I just want you to channel that energy and calm down. <laughs> I think what he wanted to say was just shut the fuck yeah. up, man. And
1: what are I, you doing? I love watching people getting you pumped know. though. I got to be honest, mate. If I was drafted first round, in you know, that, YouTube, in a draft, YouTube, just woke memorable. up naked. I'd be like, have a look when, yeah. when Mark Williams, the, the Welsh wizard won the world snooker championship a couple of years ago, he did a press conference naked. I'd be so pumped if I was drafted first round. God knows what I'd be like. Much love to McKinney. Honestly, guys, YouTube yeah. after this. No, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so another good thing about Davidson as well, he, they, uh, it'd be interesting to see how they play him next to Grady Jarrett. Is he going to play in the end? Is he going to play inside? You know, but um, I think he's a good pick. But coming in at round third round, 78th pick, Matt Hennessy, centre out the temple, big man, six, four, three, or 7. Alex Mack is sort of on his way out. Um, Falcons fans can probably um shed a bit more light than that. But it seems to me that he's not the, the center he once was and he, he's been a rock for them. He's got to be mid-thirties now, um coming towards the end of the season. So Hennessy's loving it. You know, it's it's ideal for him. He's he'll probably start the year after next. And he's got one of the top centers in the division or, or the conference to, to learn from as well, you know. So um, yeah, I think they had a good draft. The Falcons. They, they there is question marks about Terrell. Though. It, it appears that there are people that don't rate that they can't get over that LSU game. They, they don't think he's going to be able to, you know, compete with the top wideouts in in, in, the, in the division of the conference. Um, but you know, I've, I'm, I'm not sure. It'd be, it'd be, I, I think he's, he's a quality prospect, and I don't think there was anything wrong with with, with picking him. Um, and Davidson's really versatile, and Dan Quinn will work wonders on him. So, yeah, that's the Falcons.
0: Thank you so much for that, Big G. Um, so, I will move on to the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I'm actually under pressure now as a suck-deep son. Uh, Carut is a huge uh, Rams fan. Karu,
2: um, It's Kara. <laughs> Keroot!
0: Keroot! So, I'm Scottish! Yoda! So Yoda! So 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 sorry, so sorry for swearing there, I'll bleep that You're out. I, I love say, it! It's Keroot! I absolutely love it! It's <laughs> Keroot! How, how do you say that in English?
1: Okay, Keroot. Keroot. Stu, it's easy, man. I can't do it's it! easy, mate. <laughs> I can't I love do it! I love <laughs> yeah, do you know, Stu, do, it. do you know you remind me of? You know that woman in fact fighters in Little Britain? who couldn't pronounce people's names properly, even though they were really obvious. You're like a... My God. Gareth, do you want to try it? No. (coughs) What what you said. There we are. What you said. No, I want want Gareth to try
2: it. Come on, Gareth.
1: It's not my team. It's not my team. I refuse to try it. Uh, Ah. You're going
2: to offend my son now. You're going to really
1: offend
0: my son. (laughs) Kiru. I've I, I I got one for the
1: cowboys. I know, at least you're trying. At least you're trying.
0: Come on, Gareth, just do it. Just say it. Kara. No.
1: no, stop bullying me.
0: <laughs> wow. You're a spoiled there sport. Sorry, Kara. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I've had the, the the pleasure of meeting uh, Suk's son, uh, I think, twice now. Um, I think, was he there for the Raiders?
2: No, I wasn't there for the Raiders, <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were there with That's... the
2: Raiders when me, you, and Aldi cleaned up. Oh, sorry. Not, oh, I thought you met this year. Yeah, yeah, the year before. Yeah, I... yeah. No, he wasn't I... there. No, you've only met him when uh, it was Bengals.
0: Just around. the Bengals. I'm, I'm positive I met him before, but. Uh... No. So, anyway, um, I'll, I'll, I'll start back again. So, obviously, I'm under pressure because deep son, Kerou, is a huge Rams fan. Um, so I hope, obviously, I'm going to give you some insight, buddy, and I know your father's going to let you listen to this. Mm. Um, and I hope you can come on the, the podcast next week, actually, and I'll ask you some lovely little questions. Um, before the draft, though, um, I, I had them needing an edge, an inside offensive linebacker, offensive tackle, and wide receiver. Um, for me personally, though, the Rams had an eventful off-season. I mean, I think they've done absolutely really well. I mean, they parted with two players that had been an integral part of the, the prior success in wide receivers, Brandon Cooks and running back Todd Gurley. Naturally, heading into the 2020 NFL draft, filling those holes was a top pick, especially for uh, Sean McVeigh. Um, Los Angeles needed to add um, the, the benefit on the field and be more flexible uh, with its salary cap. Um, the Rams' goal was to address the needs of edge, linebacker, defensive back. And with nine picks, there was a good opportunity to add some quality players. So the the twenty twenty draft picks were um, coming in in the first round at 52. Was, and I'm doing this for um, Keyroot um Cam Akers, uh, running back Florida State. I mean, he thrived behind a terrible offensive line. Um, even with poor blocking up front, Akers managed to rush for uh, 1,144 yards, 14 touchdowns in 2019 largely because he gained so many yards after contact. Um, going on to Van Jefferson, which I find a bit of an interesting pick um, at 57 wide receiver, Florida. Um, he's a terrific route runner. Jefferson shouldn't have that problem. Um, being the son of a former NFL receiver, it'd be interesting to see if these guys know who he is.
2: Go on. I did know this. And
0: that's completely gone. Yeah.
2: Um <laughs> Was he a wide receiver?
0: I'll ask you at the end of the show and we'll recap on that. But here's a sampling of his ability to run routes, allowing him to win one-to-one despite not being the fastest or quickest guy. I remember who it was. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll hit that at the end of the show. I'll I'll test your knowledge. (laughs) Um, Number 84, um, Terrell Lewis, Edge, Alabama. Um, He's long-limbed. I mean, he's such... Powerful, I mean, he's a monster rusher who can get at the quarterback and stack up the blockers against the run. Um, I was watching a bit of um, NFL Network earlier and I used PFF. Um, because I've got the pro um, membership. Um, the analyst raved about the Rams pick at number 84. And it's easy to see why. He compares favourably to Chandler Jones when healthy. Um, number 104 pick was Terrell Burgess. Uh, safety, Utah or uta. uta um he can play anywhere uta <laughs> uta sense. Um, he can play anywhere in the secondary um the number 136 pick was um Bryson hopkins tight end of uh purde or oh, purde um Porda. Oh my God. hopkins could be what the rams i mean hopkins could be what the rams hoped um gerald Everett could have become um but at the nfl combine this year this is where he ranked among the the tight ends in the key drill, so 40 yard dash with second with 4.66, vertical jump 10th with 33.5 broad jump, 8th at 116.0 uh, 3 cone, 8th, 7.25 and the short shuffle, 4th at 4.28, so with the 199th pick Jordan Fuller, uh, safety Ohio State um, You know, QB's really get tested him in coverage um, as a pro Subscription. I mean, I love PFF and I want to thank them so much because I pay it's about 200 quid for a year, but the data you can actually pull off that website is absolutely incredible. Um, and although he was taken in the sixth round, Fuller was a solid player in Ohio State who was really tested or beaten coverage. Um, and according to PFF, Fuller was the only target um, targeted once every 32 coverage snaps. Um, we'll move on to the 234th pitch, which was Clay Johnson, linebacker, Baylor. No one is going to mistake Johnson for Corey Linton in coverage, um, but he's really um, you know, a good run defender in the middle of the field. Um, last season, he ranked 31st amongst all college defenders in run defence grade. Again, according to PFF, where I get that source. Um, on a 248 is Sam um, Sloman, kicker, Miami, now this is a guy I absolutely love, and I don't know if you've watched much about this guy. so deep, I mean, I know you're big into college football, but without a shadow of a doubt, he was the best kicker in college football last season. And um, again, pro football no! focus, yeah, pro football focus gave him the best field goal grade of any kicker in college football last season. Particularly because he was eleven for fourteen from beyond forty yards. That was a troublesome distance for Greg um, Zulin in 2019. So perhaps Solomon can improve the Rams from that range. Do you want to jump in there, or are you? I'm a Blankenship
2: guy. Um, they're based on yes, last season he may have had the better record, but overall, sort of going on three seasons, Blankenship's
0: number one for me. Mm, very uh, Georgia, very interesting. Um, going on to 250 is Tremaine. Um Ankrum um, guard Clemson um, he's gone up against NFL caliber pass rushers, which will help him in, in the transition into the NFL, where he will likely play guard. Um, for me though, I love the Terrell Burgess pick. Uh, the Rams got a good value for Burgess. He will likely become their starting safety by year two, the way it's looking at. I mean I was listening to Ian Rappaport um, and a few other guys today, Andrew Siciliano, um, and they were saying that he's an immediate contributor at the nickel slot. Burgess is a former cornerback who has coverage upside. He'll be a four-phase core special team player if necessary. Um, And going back to what, when I started, is Van Jefferson. um, I found this a really strange pick. Um, The 2020 draft had a deep wide receiver class and picking up Jefferson in the second round was a mistake, if you ask me. Um, While he is smooth, he's got fluidity, he's a really good route runner. He lacks suddenness. Jefferson does a sufficient job um, setting up the routes while creating separation. But you know, there was far better options in this draft. Um and just finishing up on that, um the offensive line was absolutely key for the Rams. I mean, protecting the quarterback for me, Jared Goff, is not a great quarterback, um, and I think he'll be found out after this season. Um, but protecting him and being able to control the line of scrimmage in the run game should be at the top of the Rams' priority list. Their best linesman, Andrew Whitworth, is almost 40 years old. So although Los Angeles didn't have a first-round pick, the tackle class was also deep, um, and the Rams selected a player who could have developed for a year and contributed significantly, therefore, after. So thanks for that, guys. And moving straight on to you, Mr. Sukhdeep
2: well, forget about protecting Goff. I've got to protect my son from that savage grade you've just given the Rams there. <laughs> God, he, he's—I'm—I'm I'm telling him Van Jefferson's going to be like the next big thing, and you will just no nah. put it out there that he's going to be a bust. Thanks for that. Just ruin father. everything that he's.
1: Yeah. You just yeah.
2: crushed his dreams. Thanks for that. I, I'm I'm out of it. No, I'm joking. No. I'm going to move on to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so, as I said in one of the previous episodes in my mock draft, I said that the Cardinals had to go offensive tackle. It would have been a travesty otherwise. They had the receivers. They had DeAndre Hopkins. They had Larry Fitzgerald, who's my favourite receiver of all time. So I didn't understand any logic for them to take a wide receiver and they needed to protect Kyler Murray. So they got Isaiah Simmons linebacker out of Clemson. Very clever. Uh, so I'll be honest with me. Um it was difficult to pass up on a player uh, of Simmons' caliber, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um he is most definitely a top five player in the draft. Um I said earlier it would only sort of make sense if he went to a team who knows how they're gonna use him, um and, and you know, use his ability and traits and get the best out of him. Um now, the good news is the Arizona Cardinals have already come out and said that they're going to sort of put him in as a linebacker, so an outside linebacker. So he's got the potential to be a successor to Chandler Jones. Um, what better person to learn from than Chandler Jones as well? And I'm sure you guys would agree For me. He's, he's Over the course of the last five seasons, he's been sort of one of the best sort of linebackers in the NFL. Um, and at the same time as well, if you want to put him in the safety position, you have Buda Baker, you even have sort of Patrick Peterson, who I know plays corner, but someone who he can sort of learn off. There's so many leaders in this Cardinals defence that he could sort of learn from. Um, the dude got three interceptions from being an outside linebacker. So that just tells you all, well, you know, imagine what you could do in a, a position where he's a bit more sort of in a corner safety position. So for me, you, you know, I could understand why the Cardinals did that, although I would have gone... Offensive uh, tackle myself, but it's very hard to pass up. You know, um, yeah. At, at that pick, if I'm being honest, um, fast, fantastic athlete, explosive, six foot four. He's just a prototypical NFL defensive player for me. Um, now, on the plus side, though, they did get an offensive tackle um, in the third round, and it's someone who I had mocked in the first, early, second rounds in Josh Jones. So, at the end of the day, the way you look at it now, they've got a defensive leader who's going to be there, hopefully, for the next 10 years, multiple Pro Bowls, and then you've got your offensive tackle in Josh Jones. Um, so, now you've got the protection there for Kyler. He's been a four-year starter. Funny enough, Josh Jones almost quit football in his first year at college, um, but he obviously made the right decision. He really came out in the uh, senior bowl practice, and credit to the Cardinals. You know, they've managed to get a game changer on defense and now protection for Kyler. So for me, that was very good. Um, a pick that I also enjoyed was Leki Fotu, uh, defensive tackle. Does anyone guess where he's from? No, go on.
1: Uta! Utah. <laughs> Utah. 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 <laughs> Exactly. You sound like a Jawa. So no, Jawa's me, the Jawa's the guy uh, in the little robes who scavenge metal. That's what it is. Yeah. Isn't,
0: isn't that someone
1: in yeah,
2: Star Wars? Installs, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Lecky Foto, to be honest, um, he should have sort of gone in it in one of the earlier rounds. But once again, it's a case of injury concerns. Um, sort of put him down in the sort of draft order there. A great run stopper. Six foot five, 330 pounds. He's going to have a good NFL career. He's going to start as well. Um, so for me, that's fantastic. They've also doubled up in that position as well and got Rashad Lawrence um, out of LSU. He was a leader in that defense. And if you look at the LSU defense, there's so many players out there who are going to be very productive you know, in the NFL and become leaders. And Rashad Lawrence to lead that pack of defenders speaks volumes of his sort of character as well. So I think overall, you know, that was fantastic for the Cardinals. Um, they also got even uh, Weaver, a linebacker, who can also contribute. Uh, Another running back, um, he's a Benjamin. He adds depth as well. They've already got Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, but at the end of the day, the way offence is run now, you need at least three good running backs, and he's definitely someone who's going to sort of contribute to that offence.
0: Thank you so much for that, Suk. We'll actually just um, stay with the Cardinals just for a second. Um, did anybody see Cliff Kingsbury's uh, photo um, in his lovely mansion it's uh, for the draft? It's amazing. It's like something out my Miami it, Vice. It, it reminded He's me of something like blade Runner. Yeah,
1: just like the sun <laughs> coming up over this, you know, post-industrial landscape. What a life! What a life! Where
0: did it all go wrong? And it's so funny. I know. And I was listening to um, inside the, the NFL uh, podcast, um, around the NFL podcast, sorry. Um, and they were absolutely just ripping them apart. You know, they were well, just hey? like, you know, if you go to Air-, Air Airbnb and just look at some of the properties that going out there, <laughs> and they were like, you've got to be a billionaire to have something like that. But he's just no, sat there cool as, where, where is he? His, okay, where, where does he live? His,
1: Arizona, yeah? Do you know how much land is in yeah. Arizona and how cheap it is? The only people that
0: live there are old yeah. people. It's, it's all so desert. funny Because that's that is what Dan Hansis actually it's said. All desert. That is what Dan Hansis. It's all said. desert. Yeah. So, so your money goes a long way opposed to living in Los Angeles yeah. or California. So, thank thank you so much for that suit. On to you. I know where I'm going after the lockdown.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Scotland, you're coming up here. Aye, aye, for a bit of grouse. Miss Put the sun <laughs> down On the grouse The Bruce. Listen Do not Knock <laughs> The grouse no, Anyway
1: Stu You're not on the grouse You're on the blue nun Are you Yeah You're on the blue nun What
0: I know The blue nun Do you know what the blue nun is it's a
1: miss Miss, <laughs> <a> miss, miss. <laughs> Anyway Over at you Big G Okay so Dallas Cowboys um. Ooh, yeah, oh, I love, I love the leg draft. of lamb. I the love this lamb. draft. I love this draft. Uh, okay, needs Byron Jones, cornerback. Uh, he's gone as a free agent. Big, big need for them. So everyone's going, yeah, they're going to draft a cornerback first round. No, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Right, lads, where did you have him going? So you had him higher in seventeen, didn't you? I know you did. No, (laughs) where's he gone? Is
0: he? So can you (laughs) hear? Yeah, Yeah, he's here. He's here, man. He's just on the. He's on the I'm just listening. I'm just listening. Well, if you listen
1: intently, I just where did where did you have CD Lamb going? I had him going. I was thinking I had him going to the jets with you. That's right. Yeah, you had him high as well, Stu, didn't you? I I love this picture. I absolutely love it, and this has got Jerry Jones written all over it. If you ask me, the only people that love Jerry Jones are non-Cowboys fans. Right? All Cowboys fans hate him because they think that he's. He's not answering questions. He's not the greatest.
0: Right. (laughs) No, but I, I, I agree with you with um, regards to Jerry Jones, so on you yeah, go there. They organic. do.
1: O- only yeah, everybody the only people who love Jerry Jones are cowboy fans. Right. They didn't need a they didn't need a wide receiver, all right? But they, they saw Lamb coming in and they just saw Bugret. Let's just snap it up. Prescott is and yet another quarterback that, that is loving it, like Josh Allen. I think maybe they looked at uh, Damon Arnett, who was the only uh, quarterback left uh he went to the Raiders uh, at, no, was it 19 or 20 they had, and they probably thought, yeah, let's just have Lamb and pick up a corner in round two, which I'll come on to um, Cobb has gone to the Texans, and they were missing a slot guy, but they've got Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup all right, Cooper Amar- Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, right <laughs> <Amari> <laughs> Cooper, that's how we talk that's how we talk That's how you right. talk This is what's going to happen next year Right <laughs> Cooper's going to move to the slot He's going to be A complete and utter nightmare Alright uh, Lamb's got four with the slot too uh, He played a couple of slot snaps For Oklahoma um, All of this Gives Gala Oh don't gonna... You're going to get me You're going to get me excited mate. My laptop's rising up I can't do it My laptop's <laughs> rising up you got the blood flowing still <laughs> You get the blood flowing me. <laughs> the laptop gets excited god, when I'm looking round, like I'm looking round. I was I was waiting for it. Oh god, god, I gotta talk about the cowboys, man. I can't I can't do this. I can't think of a sheep and talk about the Cowboys. <laughs> Let's just let it go. But anyway, back to the back to the cowboys, right. Right. The, the Dallas sheep boys. Right, so all of this, right? So you've got Cooper in the slot now next year. Uh you've got Jody come at the sides. All of this gives Gallup one on one coverage. Elliott as well. He's gonna find the box emptier, linebackers and safety, he's gonna track Cooper and Gallup. This is what you get, right, with a, a deep wide receiver roster. Still, we had it in, in, in Pittsburgh with Juju Brown yeah. and, and Bryant, and it helped Bell no ends, right? The double coverage Brown, Juju was opening the slot all the time. Bryant was mopping up stuff as a wide receiver. Um, Bell was finding there was no linebackers in front of the O-line, it's going to happen. I, Honestly, cowboys, man, I'm getting, I'm getting emotional, section. right? Yeah, you
2: guys did so brilliant winning that Super Bowl with uh Brown. Who beat us? Who oh, beat us and who yeah. won the Super
1: Bowl? You beat us. You I the question. Who beat us? Tanya Brown beat you. Thank you very Antonio much. Brown right.
2: by
1: a away. lot of people had land going in front of the Rams and Journey. <laughs> we all did, but I think this is going to be 1,000 1, yard receiving trio. Mike McCarthy's first year, the last one, who was the last 1,000-yard receiving trio? Answers on a postcard, 2008 Cardinals. And if you want to talk about what happened in games, Zuck, my man, 2008 Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, Steve Breston, who beat them in the Super Bowl. Answers on a postcard, Pittsburgh Steelers. Larry had, really game, much, Larry had a great game though Larry had I think Santonio Holmes had the most receiving yards that year we had Brian McFarland oh. a cornerback he's on the ball yeah. from Westlife <laughs> 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 the one the only Brian McFarland look right um, CD Latt this is this is a six pointer as they say in football the analogy where uh, you play the team above you in the league and you beat them right the Eagles are sick they would have lapped him up at 21 if he was there no other teams above them took a wide receiver, but they might they probably would have if Lamb was available. Divisional rivals, the NFC East. Who was Wentz got the throw too, right? And whoever replaces him five games in. Right. They, they picked up Jalen Rager from Texas Christian, but he's no C D Lamb. Um, the Eagles are gutted. Travon Diggs, round two, pick fifty one. It's it's no secret that the, the Cowboys needed cornerbacks after losing Byron Jones. So yeah, bringing in Diggs in the second round and Reggie Johnson the second as well in the fourth made perfect sense. Um, you know, Diggs is another prospect that fell in the second round, um, and I don't understand why he was a second round pick. He's so physical, uh, he's so athletic. He's like Marvin Davidson, the, the defensive lineman um, who came to, in the in the in the uh, second round for the the Falcons. I'm really surprised he went second round. Oh, I love him. Uh, you know, he's, he's. Did you see that video with Trevon
2: Diggs? Trevon Diggs, the way? yeah. Did you see that? Did you see that video um, with his uh, with Stefan uh posted no, on his Instagram? Oh I Oh, a, a let- it so emotional. Yeah, very
0: emotional,
2: what yeah. What was it? Next? A letter to his little brother. Very emotional. So it was basically in video format. A letter to his little brother. So oh, I'm gone already. I'm gone he's already. Obviously, saying the words doesn't take you on, yeah, much, much, does it, you Welsh people? But anyway, uh, what it was, um, it was just very emotional, just sort of talking about the struggles they had yeah. as kids, losing their father uh, at an early age. Raising him. And, like, oh, raising him. Wiping his... Yeah.
0: Like, he had to basically step up as being the sort of father role oh model. God. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, um, yeah. yeah, well, Steve, yeah it, honestly, like, yeah, we spoke I, about it you know, in
1: the first podcast, about what, it, what this means to... Um, you know, underprivileged kids who had difficult upbringings coming into the NFL, you know, and imagine being a mother and having two sons drafted relatively high and one of them's a star wide receiver and now you've got your other son coming in, you know, second round. It's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? You know, it really is. Yeah,
2: well, Stefan um, went later on. Um, Trevon went higher than uh, Stefan did.
0: Yeah, but but I think what the, the overall consensus is, is, it's just amazing yeah. to see that these guys, you know, they come from yeah. nothing. And then you've got yeah. a mother, a mother who's obviously lost yeah. her husband, two children have lost their father, and now they're multi-millionaires and superstars it's in the NFL. It? It's, exactly. it is an incredible yeah. story. That's yeah, why, why I love the sport. That's uh, why
1: I love the sport. What, what yeah. I like about DJ yeah. well, and, 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 he's, and, and, he's not shy in piping up. Um, Reggie Johnson's the same as well. He's not afraid to mix it up. Um, they had him uh, round four, pick one, two, three cornerback up at the Tulsa so they've got Mike Nolan as they decode. Uh, you know one thing they do need to do they need to turn the ball over if you look at their stats last year they, they just didn't get turnovers in the secondary Nolan's experience he knows his DBs he was the DB coach for the Saints he's been all over the league um, but he's got to get interceptions so Diggs in particular is going to have a big part to play and another pick i like before I finish up is Neville Ganimo. I was hoping the Steelers I saw Gallimore's uh, defensive tackle at Oklahoma, round three, yeah. I think eighty-two. Uh, I was open the Steelers would take taken to add some depth depth of the Hargrave left. I don't think he's a third rounder at all. This guy's huge, three hundred four pounds. He's quick as well. I looked at his I looked at his forty-four-seven-nine. That's like tight end speed. Um, they didn't have a massive need at nose tackle. They signed uh, Dontari Poe, um, but if you look into it, why they signed him? You can kind of see why, right? So, Zuck, who's the Cowboys defensive tackle?
2: Yeah. The, the one. one and only Gerald McCoy. Yes. But can I yeah. just say, can I just say, sorry, Neville Gallimore, the most well no, What are I've you talking about in my life. Neville's not a Welsh name, <laughs>
1: Gallimore's not a Welsh Neville, Neville Gallimore. <laughs> That's absurd. That's why you like him, isn't it? <laughs> I want not have you diminish my Welshness. <laughs> Neville Gallimore, he sounds like a Harry Potter character. No, not having it. Right, half or oh, He or <laughs> Yeah, right. Gerald McCoy, same college, right? <laughs> Oklahoma. Yeah, and who else have they drafted for Oklahoma? CD Lamb. So that's one of these jigsaw picks that it just kind of fits together. Use a good one for you though, right? Um, Neville Gallimore, eighty-second pick. Another eighty-second pick who didn't do too bad, Joe Montana. So yeah, expecting big things from Neville Gallimore.
0: Nice. No
1: pressure Neville,
0: you Welshman. Absolutely. Neville. <laughs> Neville Gadamal. Yeah. Right, anyway, uh, we shall move on with this podcast. Um, um, I'll be keeping this one short and sweet. Um, for my next pick, I've got the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the 49ers were pretty quiet um, in the 2022 L. NFL draft, but when you're coming off a Super Bowl appearance and retain a large bulk of your roster, there aren't too many moves that you can actually make. Um, The 49ers got a near-perfect replacement for um, DeForest Buckner, whom they traded to add an extra first-round pick with South Carolina um, defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw. Um, Then they used the extra first-rounder to pick up Arizona State wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. Um, an explosive slot receiver who should complement Debo Samuel and George Kittle absolutely very nicely um, so the 49ers draft picks in 2020 a um, round one pick um, at number 14 was Javon Kinlaw which I absolutely love, uh, defensive tackle South Carolina um, you know the San Francisco's did select um, Javon Kinlaw um, and he, he moves to join a formidable group of defensive linemen Um, in San Francisco, there'll be big shoes to fill um, on the 49ers front. Um, They used the pick to acquire uh, for veteran defensive lineman DeForest Buckner to scoop up his replacement, Kinlaw's explosiveness and ability to shoot gaps to allow him to shine and thrive as a disruptive presence in the middle of protection schemes. Um, One thing that I absolutely love about this kid is he's got absolute hand power Um, and the ability to collapse the pocket um, make him a logical fit um, in in San Francisco um, and in Kyle Shanahan's scheme um, as does his versatility to play up and down the defensive line Um, with new teammates Arik Armstead and Nick Bosa Kinlaw's rough edges should easily mask um, as the team can afford him uh, one, one-on-ones one uh, with his size uh, profile figures to dominate many potential blockers in the NFC West. So just to finish up on my selections, um, the other picks were the round one pick was Brandon Ayuk, which I've just spoke about, Arizona State. Round six was uh, Charles uh, Charlie Wones, a tight end, Georgia. And the round seven pick coming at 217 was... Yuan Yeng wide receiver Tennessee. So that's me finished up there. It's over to you, my boy Suk, to finish up.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna finish up with the New York Giants. So the Giants had quite a number of picks. I think it was 10 all in all. Um for me it was a very good draft. Um there was a lot of talk in the first round for them getting Isaiah Simmons. Um I know you guys were really sort of keen on them. To get him, but in my opinion, the way you got to look at it is, in the last two round, uh, sorry, last two years, you've drafted your franchise running back in Saquon Barkley, you've drafted your franchise quarterback in uh, Daniel Jones. What do you need to do? You need to protect him. Now, they're not getting any younger. Obviously, on the offensive line, you know Nate Solder. Um, I think he's coming on to being around thirty-two years old now, so he's sort of at the end of his tether with. Um, you know, the NFL. So getting someone like Andrew Thomas, um, for me, wasn't my number one tackle off the board, but he certainly is someone who's got experience in the college game and probably is going to be the player who's going to be able to adapt to the NFL more quicker than the other three in Worths, Wills, and uh Mekhi Becton. Although I don't think he's going to have um, the better career of the four, he's certainly ready to play straight away. They double up on that position as well. So, you know, there's been a lot of that this year in the draft, to be honest, where they pick um, one player in a position and they double up on it just to make sure. So they've got Matt Pert as well from Connecticut. He's another um, sort of offensive tackle who I had drafted in the third round, went at the right time, in my opinion. Um, He's definitely going to add competition. And when I guess Nate Solder's time's up, those two will be there in the tackle positions. You've already got um, Will Hernandez at guard. Um, they actually did get another guard in Shane Lemieux from Oregon as well, another player that I'm really keen on like. Um, but obviously one of the main talking points um, was then getting Xavier McKinney in the second round. Um, a lot of people had Xavier McKinney sort of going in the first round of the draft. Um, I did mention I wasn't sort of keen on the safety prospects in the draft now, had you told me that McKinney would fall to the Giants, I would have um, would not have believed you. To be honest, uh, it did cause me caught me a bit by surprise. Um, I had McKinney going to the 49ers in the thirty first pick, I believe. So for the Giants, that is a massive coup to get him, you, you know, in the safety position there. Definitely a position of need for them. Um, they did draft Julian Love a free safety last year. They've got a uh, strong safety in Tribal Peppers, so there's added competition there. They've also got James Bradbury now in corner, so I'm liking their backfield, to be honest. DeAndre Baker, who did struggle last year, so hopefully their secondary can improve um, in the upcoming season. They also drafted Darnay Holmes from UCLA. Wow, this they're quite stacked, to be honest, at that position. Just looking at it uh, on paper, just seems seems like they're going to be pretty decent in the secondary yeah. now. Um, I know... I know you guys mentioned, obviously, the linebacker position. Now, funny enough, they went three in a row. So, with the 183rd, 218th and 238th pick, they went for linebacker. So, they've got Cam Brown of Penn State, Carter Coughlin of Minnesota and TJ Brunson of South Carolina. Now, they're not, obviously, players that, you know, sort of spring out as being sort of immediate starters, but I do think they're going to be contributors Um you know, for the Giants. I think you have to be, when you're already stacked with a poor roster, I think even sort of the fifth or sixth round draft picks in this situation are going to get a look in. They did get O'Shane Zimenez last year as outside linebacker. So for me, there's a lot of competition there for them. They've just got to find
0: the best sort of combination to go through it. Thank you so much dear Suk. So we will move on to the... Um, Detroit Lions, but I'm sorry, yeah, Gareth, I'm going to have to jump needs. in here. Um, uh, um, I, 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 I love the Lions, um, only because um, if when I was growing up at seven-year-old, when I was introduced to the NFL, um, my father was over in Medicine Hat, Canada, would come home with VHS videos. Every time he came back to Scotland, it was Terry Bradshaw, either Steelers. But in around 91, 92... I found a VHS video of Barry oh, God, Sanders. What was he doing? It was,
1: it was one of those dodgy videos. I just fell
0: you. in love with a guy. No. <laughs> I just fell in love with Barry Sanders. So I've always heard this, you know, it's another podcast we'll talk about, but everyone has a second team. You know, if you're from the UK, you have a second team, but in America, nobody has a second team. It's almost like soccer in America. You know they'll they love Man United. They love their second team will be Chelsea. Um, my second team would have been um, the Detroit Lions, um, and then a third would have been Indianapolis Colts because I love Andrew Luck. <laughs> but instead of talking shit, um, we'll move on. So the Lions, um, if I remember right, they were coming off a three, twelve and one season. Um, you know it's a massive, massive season now for Matt Patricia, uh, General Manager Bob Quinn, and that regime. Um, if I remember right, I'm just thinking uh, Jeffrey Okuda um, came off the yeah, board. I, DeAndre Swift, uh, Jonah Jackson. Yeah, uh, no, I, I just, you know, On
1: you go, Gareth You're right. Yeah, they had a nightmare last year. They finished last in passing yards allowed, so the needs are obvious. That they they need a cornerback to back up True Font, and they they needed they needed an edge. Yeah, I mean, um, I had them drafting cornerback, edge, and running back in the first three, and they picked all the three in the first three rounds. They went to Okuda, cornerback, Ohio State uh pick three. He was the last of the kind of guaranteed picks. Uh, and then after him, people started drafting offensive tackles. Um there were DeAndre Swift, second round, 35th pick, um five eight really short kind of levy and Esque running back out of Georgia. Um and then a uh, Julian Aquara from Notre Dame uh round three uh, pick sixty seven so I'll just love do it. those three. I mean I absolutely um, love uh, uh, yeah Akuda was yeah. a no brainer um after uh, after True Font went. You know, he he was the... He's behind Barrow and Chase Young. Um, he was the last of the guaranteed ones. It, it's just a perfect fit for them though, yeah? The Detroit Lions play man coverage. You know what you're getting with them. But to play man, you need solid corners. So if you're going if to play man more or less 75% of the time, then you need solid corners who can stick to wide receivers like glue. Matt Patricia... Um, played a lot of man in New England, um, and he wants to bring that kind of football in, into Detroit. Um, you know, Acuda isn't Stefan Gilmore like like he has in New England. But I've looked at his videos, and he's so agile. This this guy. Um, also, the fact that I, I looked into the last corners don't get drafted one, two, three. Generally, the last top three corner you have to go all the way back to Sean Springs. In '97, um, who, who was drafted with the Seahawks, and he actually finished his career in New England, and that says a lot. But he, he's got the potential to be a true elite man coverage corner. He's got the perfect mentor in, in Matt Patricia, who knows man coverage inside out. So the fact that they've drafted, I mean, they had to draft him. Really, he was he was a, he was such a shit top player, but he, he's a perfect fit. And I'm really interested in how he's going to improve. And interesting to see how he's going to prove uh, the Lions uh, passing yards allowed next year because someone's got to do it. <laughs> so they're, you know, they're lucky that they aren't the third pick, really. So DeAndre Swift picked two, uh, sorry, picked 35 second round. You know, people take the nick out of the Dolphins for having no quarterback since Marino. But who have the Lions had at running back since Sanders? I, I honestly don't know. Who have they had? When did he retire? Twenty odd was it? Twenty something years ago. So they rolling the dice again. Yeah, they've got five on the depth chart. Um, they picked another one, Jason Huntley, fifth round, pick one seven two, out of New Mexico State. So I mean, yeah, you know, uh, just just why not? It? So something's got to work out for him. Um, and Julian at the defensive end, <laughs> uh, round three, pick sixty-seven. Joins his brother Romeo on the defensive line. He's more of a pass rusher. Um, and if it was me, I probably would have gone edge over running back in the second round and picked who was the edge rusher left in the second round. Come on, your mate. Gros Matos could have ended up in the Lions. Me, yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: there's Curtis Weaver as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if they'd have gone edge rusher. Yeah. If they'd have gone edge oh yeah actually, but and decided they need... I think they, they're going to apply the Roger Goodell and say, we actually need, we need 10 running backs because some of us got to work. We need the new Barry Sanders. Uh, so, yeah, I probably would have gone edge um, rather than running back. But, you know, <laughs> there you go. Who am I? Who am I? Um, Jonah Jackson's a really good guy. out of Ohio State as well. There was injury worries about him. Uh, he dropped low to 75th. But I think he's going to be a good yeah. player. And they picked another guy as well. So they like the like guys, Roby Stenberg in Kentucky, pick one, two, one. So, yeah, uh, overall, you know, first round, no brainer, really good fit. Akuda's going to be a, you know, he's going to be a class player and he's got just the right mentor in the future as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he brings the Lions on because they, you know, they, they've they've just got to improve their defense. They really have. They've got to stop people catching the ball in the secondary. And that's it.
0: No, absolutely agreed. I mean, for me, as I say, I've always got my second eye on the Lions. um, And they did have a solid draft. Um, They have filled immediate holes at cornerback Ed Rusher. They were also able to fill the secondary needs at running back interior offensive line. So I was impressive, like really impressed with that. But so glad that you, you brought up DeAndre Swift and Jeffrey Okuda. Um, you know, especially after the departures of Darius um, Slade, the Lions were in desperate need of a mm-hmm. cornerback, so Akuda brings in that potential shutdown, um, corner to a secondary um, and De'Andre Swift, you know, with Kieran Johnson, what, what, are we- what, unable to stay healthy, um, both Scarborough what he slated was well to
1: be... That, you know, Jim Bob Cooter, which is the greatest name ever in, in <laughs> football, he was fired because he wasn't <laughs> familiar with his Patriot style you know, Way of playing that they wanted to run, like you know. So you know, Patricia knows the kind of players that he wants. He knows exactly what he wants out of his corners. He had so much success at New England corner. Um, Like I said, you know, he is he is in Gilmore.
0: No, that that's good. But anyway, just before we finish up this podcast, Suk, I'm sure you've got a wee story about one of these picks.
2: Yeah, so you put me on the spot there. <laughs> uh, we so, spoke um, earlier, so I, I need you, yeah, I
0: need you to, to say this.
2: Yeah, so we did a um, mock draft um, with some of the uh, sort of college football guys. Um, so we've got a Facebook group um, primarily just about college football. So leading up to this, we did a, um, sort of a, a mock draft, like a five round mock draft, it was. Um, I've been in so many of these mock drafts that it's getting getting confusing. But this particular one, I remember being five rounds. Um, So I actually had the Denver Broncos, um, as my team, uh, to draft for. And it was one of them where you're sort of drafting, but I'm working from home at the same time. So my my sort of focus isn't there. And um, I I knew I was going to go wide receiver, whichever, um, you know, whoever fell to me at that point. And the Lions who they picked in the fifth round, uh, wide receiver Quintus Cephas from Wisconsin. Uh, I ended up picking him for the Broncos, only then to realize that the actual wide receiver that I really, really wanted was still on there. So it was one of them where we're having the chat. I confirm it and they put the deal through to say that, um, you know, I've drafted Cephas. And then I had to go over to our commissioner and say, can you cancel that uh, draft, please? Because I don't want him. <laughs> um, so it was quite it was quite embarrassing. And then I've literally, ever since then, ever since I did that, everyone's just been really sort of busting my chest. Repping you, just yeah. Absolutely ripping me. He's calling me like the worst GM in, in the world, like Mr. All sorts of names, you know, Mr. No Heart, Mr. Black Heart, you know, Um So it was quite interesting. I remember when you got drafted to the Lions, I must have received about 20 text messages saying, your boy's been drafted, your boy's been drafted. And I was like, thank God for that. (laughs) You know.
0: (laughs) So that's brilliant, man. Thanks for sharing that. But guys, that is us done for tonight. Um, Thank you so much um, for this two-part series on the show. It's been so much fun. It's been a bit of a stress as well. I mean, it's been a crazy. If you think about it, it's a week tomorrow um since the draft started um and we've done our you know our mock drafts, we've done our recaps, we've done our second part recap. So um again, I thank you so much for your time, um, your your dedication and your, your insight and analytics because without you guys this can't happen. So um anybody got anything to say before we close out?
2: No, I just want to get some well needed rest now to be honest it has been like i said i mean mean, a lot of work does go into this i know we have sort of a laugh and a joke but the amount of you know when we say we watch tape and when we say we sort of looked at pff and did did this research you know it, it we certainly did and you know some of us you know like myself watch college football year in year out you know i know gareth sort of um you get more into it when draft season comes along. So in order for you guys to sort of catch up to these players, you know, you guys have done incredible, um, you know, your your knowledge and everything's been in you know, absolutely tremendous. So, you know, thank you for making it easier as well.
0: No, but thank you to you, Suk, because obviously I'm learning about the college game as well, because I'm a, a student of the game when it comes to NFL, but with college, I'm still learning. So I think collectively the three of us are, are, are honestly... On a, on a good path. Gareth, anything to say before we close out, buddy? I think he's gone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, it's something I said.
0: <laughs> right, anyway, guys, that's a wrap. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to all the listeners are going to tune Take into this. Um, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Have a good night, guys.